What's up, everybody? Welcome to Water Break. My name is Ryan Cavan, and I'm here with my co-host, Terrell Thorogood. What's up, everyone? And like always, we've got another dope episode prepared for you guys. So before you keep listening, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. You're ready to relax. Take a water break. Welcome back to another episode of Water Break. We're extremely excited to have our first in-person guest on YouTube. And uh, T's going to do a little intro for us and tell us who we got on the show today. Yeah, so we got our first guest here in the flesh. We have the COO of Rotowire um, Sports. And uh, we got Tim Schuler joining us, longtime Bills fan and longtime sports fan. So uh, we're excited. Welcome, Tim. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, guys. They don't let the uh, CEO out of the cage too often, so I appreciate any platform I can get, so thank you. No, we're excited. Um, we're pumped to have you on, and we're talking something, some of the stuff a little unique that we've never talked about is fantasy football, and uh, we know you are you are the expert, the guru. Is that uh, is that what they call you, Tim? So That is what my company uh, definitely is. Some would say that have played against me. Maybe I'm personally not, but our, our company definitely is the, the leading platform so the, that. the company is but what about you when you when you are in fantasy football leagues do you do you do pretty well i do pretty well it's not because i'm smarter than anybody <laughs> else but i'm willing to out of a point of pride i'm willing to put the work in and I, I probably put more elbow grease in than the average uh player but my track record is probably not the best but it's it's okay i like that it's better it's better than me i'm uh, i've been struggling this year mainly getting guys who get her beginning injured just blame season. it on injuries that's the and i have a few cowboys on my team so that, <laughs> is, that, doesn't, that doesn't help either you know we um uh, i i am i've never really been huge into fantasy football um but there was a, a buddy that me and t knew that started this league and so we were in it for a couple of years together oh, yeah. two or three years i know this and uh, <laughs> he knows exactly what yeah. story i'm telling i think it was two years ago this or three yeah, years, two ago. years ago yeah um and uh this guy needed a quarterback and so uh i had deshaun watson at the time and uh, this was his kind of breakout his year, rookie you know, year his yeah. rookie year he was just doing unbelievable and so t was like hey let me trade for deshaun watson i was like um, I don't know, you know, whatever. Give me, and then I was like, you know what? Give me Todd Gurley because he had Todd Gurley. Yeah. He's like, all right. So we traded straight up. Literally that week, I gave him Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he had a season-ending injury, <laughs> and he was the number one team, and oh, I ended up yeah, winning man. the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> Literally <Oops>. just plummeted. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was bad. Yeah, that was that was our rough. Uh, f- fantasy experience it wasn't rough for me i ended yeah, up right you won the league i won the league, you won the so league. i was okay <laughs> i get the bad uh bad pick but it was great well we're ready to jump in here and uh Dalen's gonna be shooting us some questions and and kind of get to know you a little bit before we get into the science of fantasy football all right all right let's get started all right tim what sports were you into growing up i'd say a little of everything um but I'm from Buffalo, which is uh, strictly a football and a hockey town, and then a little of everything else. So between those two, as early as I can remember, when you're four years old, five years old, there you're you're watching sports with your with your dad and your uncles and stuff. So it, it's ingrained. You usually get yeah. kicked out of something if you're you're not into those two things when For you're sure. little. So with the with the Bills, were you uh, you were Jim Jim Kelly era, or were you he late, later? I'm a little older than late, that. Older so than Jim Kelly. Was, uh, okay. College, I was definitely okay. uh, a Jim Kelly. But this, uh, if anyone's old, as old as me, they will allow. I was a Joe Ferguson, uh, Jerry Butler, and believe it or not, I can remember barely O.J. Simpson 
when he was playing for the Bills. Really? Right on. He went on to other things. Uh, I do remember him as a great football player. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he went on to other things. I like other how things. you I like how <laughs> you did that. That was, that was a, a different, different career path. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned hockey. Um, was it a love for watching, being a fan of hockey, or did you play it as well? Played it too. Uh, we had actually had an ice rink in our backyard, so I learned yeah. to skate when I was, you know, probably right after I learned how to walk. Uh, so between that and then watching what the pros did on TV. That was the way you got to stay up late when you were little in our neighborhood. If you could, you know, bond with your dad or bond with your mom and, and oh, I want to watch the, the Bills or, you know, on a primetime game or the Sabres. Well, you get to stay up late. You can do it. So <laughs> that was a easy means to uh, enjoying sports for sure. Yeah. So as a kid, that was a good segue into it, to loving sports is I get to stay up a few extra yes. hours here. Yes. I like you, got that. To, you got to do things and eat well when you uh, were watching sports with your parents. Did you get to go up to a lot of Bills? Were you a part of Bills Mafia? Were you, were you at the games a lot? A little bit. But, uh, I will say that in Buffalo, Sabres games are very clean, very family oriented. <laughs> you would you would take your your son in a year or two to those <laughs> games. The Bills games back then tended to be a little. You would not bring a six year old to those games. Even when I first game I ever went to, I was nine. I remember bad cheers, bad things being said, and uh, I had to ask my dad a lot of questions about <laughs> what what that man's doing and why is that guy hitting that guy and stuff like Your that. Your dad so. was like, I think we're just going to watch this on yeah, TV. We're going to do TV <laughs> until you're about 12 or 13. Right. <laughs> what was the coldest game that you remember going to? I went to the uh, AFC Championship game when the Bills played the L.A. Raiders at the time. And the Bills were dry for many 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 years so good question i was we were uh so you had to see must see the game and and i was early in college no one had any money and whatever i paid it was probably 50 bucks but that was ever that was a lot of money so i'm like we have to go to this game and me and my friend were the only ones in our group who even had the 50 dollars to go (laughs) so we met someone outside a hotel bought tickets to the tickets to the afc championship game and that game i will never forget how free how freezing cold we were. It was negative fourteen. Oh Windchill was like whatever, and, and <laughs> but they won fifty-one to three. So that warmed hey, there things we go. that warmed things up pretty you're, well. That was a lot That's of a cheering. Plus. So it was keeping wow. the blood. Kept, and once you got out of that stadium, you were like, "This is this is gonna hurt for a few hours." Right. What was uh What was harder to watch as a Bills fan? Was it last year's wild card game where it felt like both teams were trying to lose the game? <laughs> or, <laughs> or well, that was, was just, that was just a jack. <laughs> Thanks for being our guest today. <laughs> or, <laughs> or was it the was it the was it the missed field goals in the, in the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl one Super last Bowl. year? I told someone last year that was probably the second or third worst one. The worst one was the Super Bowl because you thought you had it. They drove the ball down, and and you saw him line up, and you said this guy hasn't missed barely a kick all year. It was just within his range. He was known for um, not having a lot of distance, but he was super accurate. And you're like. There we go. It's, this is our first of many Super Bowls, uh, and uh, that didn't happen. So that's number one. Number two, if folks are old enough to remember, they played the Bills played the Oilers. It was the Titans. They had switched to the yeah. Titans, and they threw that across the field lateral. Oh, the Music City yeah, Miracle. To, uh, yeah, Wycheck to Dyson, and he ran up the field, and that was that. Was that. Did you think it was a backwards pass? I, yes, yeah, <laughs> of course, come on, see? at least at least five or seven yards backwards. Um, that was number two. That was my first year I moved out here, so I was telling all my new friends how the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl, and that was number three last year. That was a oh man, well, we were up sixteen nothing, yeah, and uh, to see that unraveled and you know young quarterback all went haywire. That was a that was a tough go of it. 
but uh, the Bills look good this year. They were on uh, last season. They were my my sleeper pick to win the Super Bowl this year. So they are looking good. I'm silently rooting for the, for the Bills. <laughs> I'd probably go what Chiefs, Seahawks ish, and then yeah. and then you get down to more of the Bills and the Steelers, Steelers and yeah. Titans maybe. We're not going to be taking jabs the whole episode. But just in case you're wondering. <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> yeah. That one you mentioned the cold. But that one actually. <laughs> yeah, that one Question <laughs> number three of the episode: What was the worst sports memory <laughs> ever? What's, the, what's next? What's the worst moment of your life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go that. What girl, we won't what, get personal. What girl broke your heart the worst? Here we go. That's funny. <laughs> well, Tim, we know your background now, but growing up, did you often watch sports from an analytical point of view or for just entertainment? Um, I was the geek. No, yeah. no doubt about it. I had at age five or six, I, I was watching games with my dad. I'm, I'm sure they had, you know, drinks and pizza. And I, I had a notebook scribbling down, you know, what was going on. And I was, I was the stats nerd, uh, very early. So did I, you do I, the same for baseball games with like how they would have the, they're tracking like every yeah. inning that hits and all that. I used to spend three and a half hours keeping wow. stats that were in the paper the next day just to just because it was yeah. that was my mindset to do this that's pretty to, cool to write stuff next down. morning got the newspaper out with the highlighter yeah. t- checking all the leaders <laughs> I and stuff that like that. <laughs> yes that. i did i did i took the leaders you know a lot of stuff was in newspaper a long time ago yeah. and i would underline oh there's there's a buffalo you know bill or there's a new york yankee or something like that i would underline the guys that i wanted to be at the top <laughs> so it's been like that since day one yes yes it's uh a good thing to be and a bad thing to be all at the same time. That's for sure. <laughs> that's that. Are you uh for for baseball? Are you Yankees or Mets? Most folks in in my area grew up a Yankees fan, Yankees. so it doesn't make me too popular out on the <laughs> West Coast. Uh, so Yankees, it's a pretty big. You'd consider that the local team in a lot of you know smaller cities. Yankees, okay. Yankees this year they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to pay some uh, some big dollars. They got yeah. some they got some guys coming up with some big contracts. So even for the Yanks, it's yeah. gonna be big to, <laughs> to yeah. keep those guys. But around. they're not afraid to spend it. No, nope. neither are the Dodgers. <laughs> so those those two teams are not afraid to uh, to go into the, the uh, to spending there and yeah, yeah get <laughs> who, those deep pockets. Who are some of your favorite players um, to watch growing up? Jim Kelly was one as I was a little bit older. I mean, everyone was a hero back then, so I'll, I'll even say O.J. was a, a legend in, in yeah. Buffalo. Every, if you saw O.J. at the grocery store, you were, you were a hero just seeing that. You're like, wow, you saw him there, you did that, you know. So a few guys like that. The Sabres had a guy, Jill Bell, Jill Bell Parole, who was uh, incredible. Buffalo had a basketball team, an NBA team. Mm-hmm. So there was Bob McAdoo, mm. who later played for the Lakers. Um, on a national level, you grew up, it was, you know, even pre-Jordan. So it was like Larry Bird, Muhammad Ali in boxing, you know, anyone who was just wow. great and bigger, you know what I mean? Bigger, had that big, you know, presence and, you know, just persona about him. That's who yeah. everyone gravitated towards. Like Buffalo had a lot of, you know, the, uh, the football team had a lot of good running backs kind of go through, I guess. Who would who was more like? What were you more disappointed by? <laughs> Where is this going? I just again? I thought it came to my head. Were you more disappointed by like Marshawn Lynch going to Seattle or like C.J. Spiller not becoming like becoming as big? Of a- Probably Spiller because you thought when Lynch left, it's like okay they picked the fast, exciting guy, the joystick player, and yeah. this is going to work out great. And he just he had that one incredible season, and then it just kind of. He just went away, like we know happens with running backs, and and you're like, where'd this go? And uh, then they kind of then they kind of slipped, and um, yeah, that that hurt when he didn't pan out. Didn't like pan that. out. It's crazy to think him and Lynch 
were in the same and then this you know fred jackson remember mm-hmm. them? they were all on the same team at one point yeah but yeah that was a they had a yeah, they had a good running game and then you know later uh you know LaShawn mccoy coming in later so a lot of good running backs thurman thomas thurman thomas back thurman yeah. thomas back well, when it's cold and you can't throw the ball and you don't have Josh Allen, it, 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 you know, you're throwing <laughs> through a hurricane every game. It, you need a good running game to, do a to back it up. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, who are your top five fantasy players this year, would you say? So this year, if we take. Take notes, people. Yeah. <laughs> we take guys like Michael Thomas, who probably were on the top five, right. but they're hurt. That's just not going to pan out. Saquon Barkley would have mm-hmm. been on that list. He's hurt for the year. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm just saying today. I'll start today. You would take still McCaffrey because he's coming back probably next week, not this week. He's definitely, okay. you know, the top guy. You would take um, uh, second is Kamara from the uh-huh. Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's certainly, um, you know, the do-it-all running back that we were you know discussing earlier. Uh, Derek Henry from a pure just going to put up big numbers every week and score touchdowns. So those those are my three running backs. You definitely – if you had any top five, you sure. take that. And then the NFL is such a receiving game now. I'd probably go Hopkins um, for the Cardinals just because their offense is berserk. They, they run, you know, many more plays, many more passing stuff than anyone else, and he's, he's head over heels as just a, just a player and, um, you know, that can put up – you know, eye-popping numbers. He's pretty consistent, too. He usually catches six, seven passes a game. Um, and then my kind of off-the-board one is Metcalf for the yeah. the Seahawks. He's I just think something else. get ahead of the curve yeah. because he is bigger than everybody else. He's fa- You saw what he did on that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's faster than everybody else, and he has probably the second-best quarterback in the whole league throwing the ball. So that's my we'll have a great rest of the season and if you're in some league that's a keeper league he's he's the guy he's the guy you want to have yeah so those five I, it's probably you could make a very good case for a lot of other guys but th- those are my five right now as we sit here i have no one none of them on my team <laughs> <laughs> <Myself. Me neither. laughs> i was like man and now i know who to trade for i'm gonna right. trade my whole team uh-huh. But nope. most would say right now, Kamara and um, Derrick Henry, just because they're putting num- they're not hurt and they're putting numbers week after week that are that are great. Yeah, there's always that guy in the fantasy league who has like the first or second pick and gets like overly excited and picks a quarterback, like early on. You know, um, I think you and I were in that league. I don't, I don't remember who it was. One of our buddies picked up a quarterback super early, and in the back of my mind, it's just. I mean, if you want to talk to this a minute for those that love fantasy. Um, I feel like there are so many quarterbacks that put put up so many big numbers, and it's it's a waste. I mean, would you agree to that it, statement? What is? It's so true. Because if you ask me that question, who are the best players in football? I'm going to say Mahomes. I'm going to say Russell. Those are the best players in right. football. They're the yeah. most exciting to watch. They are great. We'll remember them for 20 or 30 years. But in fantasy, that's a great question. You, that's not what you're going for. I can get, you know, from Mahomes not the same but i can come at least close to that with herbert from the chargers or you know guys are running all over the place at quarterback putting up you know really really good numbers so yeah you i've done it in many leagues myself i fall into that trap this year i did it i said lamar jackson most exciting player in football was the mvp last year i took him way too early and it just the way you build your team by doing that now i'm chasing running backs now i'm chasing receivers i have none of the top guys at those spots, all I because I have Lamar, he's 
not even up there with Mahomes. You just you just can't fall into that trap. So you're right. You don't want to yeah. you don't want to take a quarterback that earlier. It just yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say especially this year from what I've seen in in the leagues that I I've been in is like second or third round people were drafting Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and then like towards the end they had nobody else to go back because everyone else was taking all their running backs and receivers but it was like it was interesting to see that this year especially from like you know previous years where the quarterbacks would always go what the last two rounds last three rounds and now it's like yep two or three and it's like these guys are just putting up crazy numbers but at the end of the day too like you're saying with Lamar he's not even up there at the top but you wasted your pick kind of in the third round with him so it's just kind of interesting to see how the sport actually is being played now too with you know I did exactly what you said, and I looked at, you know, now that we're six and seven weeks in, I looked at who was winning. I'm in five leagues, which is probably too many to have a <laughs> real life, but I looked at the top teams in those five leagues. They None of them had Lamar Jackson or, um, you know, guys like that, certainly not Saquon wow. or, or Emmett or guys who have had tougher years, but they all had, you know, either a Derrick Henry or a Kamara, and then they all had Russell Wilson or mm-hmm. the yeah. guy who – you thought of fifth or sixth on draft day, and then, okay, I got these two great players in front of him, and I got a quarterback who's putting up eye-popping numbers. Dak was on those teams, too, until he got hurt. Yeah. But it's though you can get those guys at quarterback. By the way, Josh Allen's another one. He just puts up yeah. sick numbers every week because, again, they're running running for touchdowns. or throwing. And if, if you can get those, you're not going to get a Kamara at running back or a Hopkins at receiver in the fifth or sixth round. But if you wait on no yeah. quarterback and you're patient, mm-hmm. you can build a really good team. Yeah. Already giving us some pointers for, yeah. for next for year's team. It's next, too late. Yeah, yeah like, I, didn't follow, I didn't follow him to a T this year. We're done here, now, so. yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, to close out this first segment, we like to do what we call start, bench, cut. And so I'm going to give you three current NFL players right now in the league and you're going to start one, you're going to bench one, and you're going to cut one. Okay. You've mentioned all three already, so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what you with what, what you go with what you go here. Here we go. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Wow, you just picked three really good quarterbacks <laughs> that are all very similar. Start, bench, and sit for the rest of the year from here on on. Yep. I'm if yeah, let's let's just go with that. Okay. I'd probably go Mahomes start just because he's i wouldn't say more proven than russ but he he's done what you expected him to do and he's got the whole rest of the season in front of him and the chiefs are we've seen them they're just they're nuts every every, they're dangerous they put up 40 some points in a snowstorm yesterday like it was nothing so i guess too don't yeah don't remind me (laughs) oh oh, i think it was the broncos every time i hear the chiefs patrick mahomes was just like oh and we played him too the bills and it was the same thing and he didn't even have a great game but he can just do things on the field and he's the known entity i think russell i would start bench i would put him second because he he's taken it to a new level this mm-hmm. year in the weapons between metcalf lockett we saw last night um but i think if we look at what we've seen he's been playing probably a little bit above even him possibly a hall of fame quarterback but he's just kind of there and mahomes is he's the best player in football yeah. he's doing what you expect him to do russ is a little bit and they got to play the Niners. They got to play the Rams. They got to play the Cardinals again. So it's not that easy. I'd probably put him in the second tier. And I, as much as I hate to say it, because I have him and I picked him <laughs> way too early, Lamar, it seems like 
folks have figured the Ravens out just a little. So he's great. He'll be awesome. I would probably say trade for him if someone's ready to dump him, but he's maybe one tier lo- lower than those two other guys right now. I did fall in the same trap as you. I took him with my, <laughs> with the third pick <laughs> this year. So Mistake. You walk out of that draft, you're like, I got Lamar. Yeah, I got I Lamar. I got a dual threat quarterback. And then the last few weeks, he's just – you know, put up the same numbers. Fifteen as, points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not that bad. But he's, <laughs> but he's put up the same numbers as you said, Justin Herbert, or yeah. you know, even uh, Joe Burrow's been putting up better. You can numbers, get that you know. elsewhere if if you yeah, hundred and twelve passing yards is not good unless you get a hundred rushing yards to go with it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So as we get into this uh, next segment on our on our show, we're, we want to jump really and take a deep dive into RotoWire and, and into your company and. And, uh, you know, how you guys started and, and all the ins and outs. So, uh, Daylin, go ahead and take us away. Jump into the first questions. All right, Tim. So, what is Rotowire? So, Rotowire, the easiest way to explain what we do, uh, we, are, we are kind of the be-all and end-all. If you are a fantasy sports player, whether you're, you know, uh, someone who just got into it because you have kids and you want to play and participate to the most diehard you know, someone who's been playing for, you know, 20, 30 years, we, we cover it all. We cover player notes, we do articles, we do podcasts like this that are, you know, all about fantasy advice. We do, we're on the radio. Anything you can think of to help manage your team, make your team better, have fun with it all. Just read the columns and say, you know, this is, this is fun, this is interesting, I'm going to go make that trade, I'm going to do this. This is a different way to play fantasy i'm going to try that with my league Mm -hmm. we don't run leagues um you know we don't do anything where you know you're a daily fantasy sports site we just we're simply not the you know the manager of what goes on in your league we're more like the associated press we just you know spit out as much quality and fun and interesting and higher level content as we can and and whatever you need if you're in any kind of fantasy league um we have it somehow and we try to make it as worthwhile as enjoyable as as we can did you guys ever consider or try to dabble into maybe running running a fantasy league or you just kind of do for baseball so i forgot to mention we do we still do baseball leagues a long time ago we did it is just a complete it's it's branched off it's a complete these sites are so sophisticated Mm -hmm. you go to an espn or yahoo which are very good we just we just don't have the the bandwidth to compete you need you need servers like crazy and you know we're a we're a mid-sized you know journalistic oriented site and and you know those are those are major tech programs that can yeah. can't break they can't have anything and they can accommodate you know fifteen thousand you know football or baseball league so we dabble in it we do you know kind of a higher level baseball league which is still fun we have programmers who run that and we can put you know 500 to 1,000 leagues on that if we want to, but we're out of that business and we've, we're strictly, you know, a publisher these days. How cool is it that, I mean, we're just talking about at the beginning of the episode, your love for sports and kind of into the analytics of things and the stats and everything. And now it's transitioned into your full-time career being surrounded by that. I mean, that's such an awesome thing that sports has been that big of a part of your life. It, it is, and even though I do a lot of other things, like I was telling you guys, you know, I do HR, or I, I might do a lot of things that are take to put a, a company together. It's yeah. always there. It's all, there's always sure. a game on. I'm always, you know, working with younger journalists who they have that same passion, and it, it's never away from you. And at the end of the day, you're always the company's built around sports. So what happens? Who who advances? Who which teams are good? Which players are hurt or not hurt? It's that's you know our entire essence. So yeah, it makes it enjoyable and fun 
Are so you are you able to uh, take us through his visually through the through the studio? Do you guys have like the fifteen camera or TV <laughs> screens set up and like? You know, you're watching everything. How, how does it kind of What T is wondering is, can we go? <laughs> <laughs> can we have a side job there? <laughs> well, we, are we, you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a real headquarters. We used, we started out, you know, basically just in a, a box of an office out here in L.A. And it evolved into a, a headquarters in, in Madison, Wisconsin. And we sit, you know, a, a real pretty good sized office right next to a university. And it has become like that. It's probably a little less glamorous than you think but you know within the last decade we have you know tvs surrounding the room and if if you're an editor and you go in there and work the night shift you basically have you know five or six games on if it's nba season you you know we, we have the whole package up and so cool. you're doing that so you'll see an injury happen and again if you're a journalist you're you're thinking to yourself i gotta i gotta and what does that mean if someone for the lakers got hurt Who's going to take his place? What does that mean for, you know, this outcome? How bad might the injury be? You got to size it all up and, yeah. you know, go to work on it. Does it, um, I guess, how much does it go in? How much um, work does it take to just kind of, are you sitting there watching for the next thing to happen or are you just kind of, soaking it all in like how, how does it kind of work just as, a, as an analyst or no good good question it is i don't envy them a lot i envy them because they do get to work in sports all the time and if you are a sport I, i've never had one of our writers or editors say they dislike what they do and they're willing to work crazy hours or do you know a lot of extra work just because they love it so much but being an editor on a we have real wires just like again the associated press or if you worked at the wall street journal or something like that yeah. they're editors with very good backgrounds they have very good journalism skills and they know how to you know weigh news what's more important and what's not important and their job is very difficult because they have so much coming at them if, if i worked yesterday on an nfl sunday you probably have 12 to 20 injuries at one time and you got to, okay, what do I need to do first? Which is the most important? What does that mean? What, where's my downtime? How do I, you know, manage the lesser things I pushed back? And it's, it's a difficult job. And um, I don't always have those skills. And I kind of envy, you know, the way they the way they size it up and put it all together. And do they usually have, like, a deadline? Like, hey, we need to put this out by before this quarter ends or things like that? Five this? minutes ago, the fantasy consumer is wow. get it out fast. Wow. Get it out accurate. It cannot be... <laughs> A mistake you would be surprised again that the journalism principles that go into it just because if you make a mistake and i say this guy's the new starter even take it to basketball or baseball this guy's the new starter he's the guy and thousands of people hear that on the radio or on our website and go pick that person up and it's a big mistake and they're they blame us for everything i lost my league because of you i you know i lost this week to my rival i can't stand because of you guys so we uh it's a lot of weight on our shoulders. Take a lot what of heat. We recommend. Yes, we take the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pretty stressful job to be a an, an analyst, or you know, kind of how you're saying with the journalists having to, you know, be right on everything they put out there. Because if it's wrong, like you said, they're going to get blamed for it's, everything. So. It's a lot of news. So part of the job is a lot of straight news, and you're just working with facts and trying to be as accurate as you can. And that's one thing. And then we have another part of the company that's very advice driven and. There's a lot of pressure on that. It's fun. You know, you get to size up players like uh -huh. we just did um, in the last segment, and it's it's fun to do that. But once you come to your conclusion, and there's a lot that goes into it, and you're putting it out there, and it's not right. just, you know, a few of us saying, well, I'll, I'll take that. And our, it's, it's thousands of people 
that are hearing that and using it and in as much as I care about it and I want to win, you know, there are people that care way more about how their fantasy team does than I do. And they get, yeah. they get mad, they get happy, they get, you know, there's, there's a lot riding on it for them. That's crazy. Well, how did you get connected with the original Roto News trio of Peter, Jeff, and Herb? So I'm going to date myself again, but uh, I went to, went to business school. I, you know, went through college, went to business school. I had a, a very normal financial job for a few years and i'll date myself again but this little thing called the internet uh <laughs> popped up kind of in the late 90s and i thought that was really cool and you know we had used it in our job N you know no one back then really knew what it was or oh, what yep. was going to happen and uh the three guys you mentioned my partners were you know entrepreneurial they were visionaries and they had already started a website doing similar things um, you know, well in fantasy leagues. So I emailed them, these, you know, the, th the three original founders, Peter, Jeff, and Herb, just ran. Email was even a crapshoot back then. I emailed them, <laughs> yeah. and it, had they not answered, even the email, you know, things just didn't get sent back then or whatever. Had they not answered that, my life would be completely different. I wouldn't be sitting, you know, be doing something completely That's crazy. different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they answered the email, and they basically said, we don't know where the site is going. We just need help. What, you know, you have a background. Can you write? And, you know, I checked all the boxes and it wasn't like I was a partner with them right away. I would sit there after, after my job, I was taking MBA classes. After all that, I'd go home at 10, 11 at night and write up these fantasy player notes on, and they assigned me three teams that, you know, weren't even in Buffalo. And I had to cover, you know, cover these teams like the Ottawa Senators and hockey and, you oh. know, a little bit of the Celtics and stuff like that. And I would type up player notes and it just is mundane as that sound as late as night as that was. It just, I was this eureka moment. This is great. Yeah. I want to, I want to do this the rest of my life. So later to answer the question, I uh, got to know those guys a lot more. They knew I went, um, you know, I wasn't just some high school kid or something like that. So when they went through their buyout, uh, they got bought out by a company out here in LA. I, I just threw it all away threw everything in the truck gave up my job, told them I was leaving and said, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this internet thing in Los Angeles where I've never been to. I've never met these guys in person and I'm just going to do it <laughs> and moved away and moved across the country to get it started with them. That's awesome. Wow. So were you just like right out of, you were in college or you were finishing in college, school, went to or? grad school, finished business school and, and you know, literally the, the fall after I had finished business school throughout that summer, I had worked very, the website was starting to get noticed and taken off and, and I was doing a lot more than just, you know, one or two player notes a day and, and got a good rapport with those guys. And, and, you know, they told me we're about to go through a buyout. We need people out here. And, um, you know, just, again, it was a pretty big leap of faith that it would, it would work out. But, uh, I, I moved with them out here and even then they didn't have a straight full-time job for me. I had yeah. to, work in sports with you know this buyout company and still do you know roto news on the side and and all that and it just one thing led to another and you know we're still all together and you're here now yep the band's so, still together so is that when you joined the rotowire team is when you like fully moved out to california when i when i came out here so my three partners who are my partners now went through this whole buyout and it was a two-year process and as smart as they are and as great of a job as they did with the website the buyout itself went terrible and there was a lot of dot-com crashes back then oh. and uh they realized i was kind of the business guy through all that so in 2001 
we formed our own site. It was just the five of us, uh, a fifth partner is Chris, and the five of us just started from scratch. We didn't know wow. what we were doing with servers. You know, there were a lot of things that we knew about how to build a website and how to write and how to give, you know, really thorough fantasy advice, but we had no idea how to run a business or employ people or even the legal stuff. And we uh, it took a few years, but we, we pulled it off. Did you guys ever feel like, man, this, this isn't, this might not work out. Is this gonna, you know, are we going to be done with Roto news or was it just kind of like, you know, what? let's go. No, good, good question. Several times to the point where, I mean, we're all five individuals. We all have, you know, families back then, you know, a few of the guys started having kids so that many times there was a decision. Is this, am I supporting my family? Right. And it was always for, you know, tugging one back in. There was, there was times where there was one time where we needed a wire from a, a customer because it was our, you know, only, you know, non-individual customer. It was our only business customer. If that wire didn't come in, you know, that week, we probably didn't have enough money to keep the lights on. Um, you know, there were times where there was one time where we, the customers didn't use to pay to use the website and we had, we were, you know, bleeding money like crazy. So we had to make a decision, you know, the site's going to charge now. We had to make this big pitch to our customers why we're going to be an exclusive, you know, pay model site. And we, we had our fingers like this while we turned on the pay switch and, you know, all of our customers, thankfully, uh, supported that move. So many times we were, you know, had one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel, I guess you, <laughs> you would say. But that's the story of how it got you to where you are now and, and that journey of the ups and the downs and things like that, I think kind of what are make you stronger through those moments and are now led you to this very successful company is, is really cool to see and hear that. Thankfully, we had we were single and we had energy and we really didn't need money that much at the time. So we, we uh, pulled it off because of a lot of things and a lot of good fortune. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. What made them decide to go the route of breakdown and analysis for players when no one else was doing it? Good question. I mean, there's been a lot of game sites that have started to run contests you know you you pay to you know play your daily fantasy or you just you you know you run season long leagues or you're the commissioner service that have done very very well over the years um and there's a lot of them out there and they're innovative and they're you know run by bright individuals and that was just never our forte our, our tech skills are you know a little bit better versed and you know building a website that can handle you know, customers and, and publishing lots and lots of content. And it, it just was something we were always good at. So we said, well, where the, mo the money was there, exactly where you said it was in building games and contests and all these, all this money was going at the internet. We said, we're just going to sit back and be the publishers. And, and we've kind of been, you know, one of the few games in town in that regard for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of, um, you know, other sites and, and, you know, everyone, you know, now kind of emulate, what you guys what you guys do as far as breakdowns and analysis and, and and all of that you know how do you kind of how do you guys kind of stay ahead of the curve and like you know separate yourselves from everyone else i think just sheer size because we're the one site that can we can cover it all there's a lot of very good sites out there i wouldn't even you know consider you know trying to put them down just because analysis is very good especially in football the, you know the bigger the sport is the better the analysis is you're going to get but we are We've been doing it for so long. We know what it takes to, you know, not make mistakes. We cover, we cover cricket. We cover 
soccer in eight different forms from all other countries. So we're the we're the one source when it comes to a business parent or that you know needs something that is is you know RotoWire can cover it all. We we can supply you know news feeds and analysis and probably you know twenty five different sports if we need to. And then the sheer bandwidth we have if there's you know an nfl football weekend we're going to have writers on it all weekend long the, the timing is really good um the experience do you want to get you know fantasy advice from someone who's been doing it for from us <laughs> <laughs> right for for that just dabbles in it, or do you want the guys that have played in leagues for 20 years and just they just know how to win you know and and they're not you know, cocky or whatever about it, but you you can tell when you listen to someone on the radio or whatever. If they're an experienced player who knows, um, even simpleish type leagues, what it takes to win, what you want to be doing, what you you know don't want to be doing. So, how was your uh, fantasy cricket team this year? Good, <laughs> I don't. I haven't gone that far yet. Okay. Would... <laughs> I have some uh, friends in Australia. Maybe I'll let them know about Rotowire for their cricket but teams. It's all over the world, like you know, U.S. football or hockey. You know, there's places in the world where the fantasy principle applies. People love to play. You love to compete with your your neighbors, your family, you know, it's a great way to stay in touch with people. So other sports are way bigger all over the world, but fantasy is a, like fantasy cricket is huge over there. So you're seeing all these, um, what has worked over here. And, um, I would say us is the first place where fantasy and daily fantasy really took off, but you see it all over the world. Now people can't get enough, you know, fantasy soccer with those sports that are like big overseas, you know, soccer, cricket, rugby i don't know if you guys are doing rugby or not but um you know how do you have like a team of people over in you know over in other countries or is it just you're kind of hearing from you know, both I, it it always takes managers to run it so we you know we need those folks uh you know here in the states but um again we're so big and we put ourselves together we need you know, we need writers in other countries. Rotowire is just not this group in Madison. We have writers in, you know, pretty much every city you can think of. We have writers all over the world. So when we say Rotowire is going to do cricket now, Rotowire is going to do Aussie rule fo- rules football, we better have writers over there that know the sport, know how to speak intelligently about it. And once you have that foundation, we have all the people you would need, you know, here who kind of built the company who can clean up the content, you know, even. T- Someone might be a great cricket analyst and can put it on paper and all that, but they truly need to learn, okay, how do, how do you write about this? How do you put it on the internet? So you put it all together, it, it's pretty good once it's, once it's done. That's pretty cool. So RotoWire is known for giving fans real-time information. What all goes into staying in the know on sports news? If you're part of our group on any level i would i would say you go away for a week you just feel lost you feel so far behind that you missed anything so between twitter um you know anything anything these days it's basically staying on top of your news feeds um even me i'm not i'm only dabbling for the company and you know what i used to do i like to hold on to those journalism things and i i love the sports part of my job and i'm an editor i copy edit a lot but you know even crusty old me i have two channels on i have a a twitter feed going um anything in real time you just you just got to be on top of it and be ready to apply it you know pretty quickly wow uh what which sports news outlet was your first major partner we uh that was another huge make or break moment because we kind of limped along from 2001 to 2004 it was so there was three years of 
of dry, you know, paychecks and, and stuff like that. And we were doing okay. Like I said, it was, it was coming. There was enough support from our customers who have always been great by us that it was building into something, but there's also a game of, do I want to keep doing this till I'm 35 and try to have kids, you know, uh, as part of this yeah. and do that. So our first major one that came along, which really was a game changer for us was ESPN. Wow. Um, and what happened was, you know, we had enough of a following and, and we just knew the right person at ESPN that got over there and they sized it up. They were in charge of how to improve ESPNs. You know, they run great stuff over there. They can do whatever whatever they need to do. But they fantasy is a very minutia-oriented thing. You need a lot of, you know, worker bees and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if you're if you're a new manager at ESPN, do you really want to figure out a way to get, you know hundreds of writers and go put all that together and start from scratch and not even know it. Or you can say, B, I know these guys. I know they're going to, you know, get us a fair deal. Let's, let's just go hire them. So very quickly we became, I, I keep saying this, but we became kind of like the asso- associated press of fantasy sports. And if you're a major newspaper, do you want to send journalists all over the country all the time? Or do you want to hire the folks that are already doing that and, you know, pay them a fair fee? And, and, you know, we just said, tell us what you want to do. We've definitely, um, because of partners like ESPN or Yahoo or Fox, we've we've changed even or added a lot of things. What we do over the years, just to um, you know, things we didn't even know the fantasy audience would want, just to keep building more and more and more tools. Were Were you guys also one of ESPN's first, um, like fantasy you know analysis you know companies as well? Like, yeah, that's a good kinda- way to put it. We were definitely there weren't a lot of companies back then that had a fantasy department. So when they kind of created theirs, sure, they have great, if you ever go on you know, TV and you see ESPN analysts, they're excellent. They just do things mm-hmm. that we don't do. But for that nitty gritty, how do you supply news analysis? If you're on ESPN's website and someone gets hurt and you want to read what happened, when they might come back, that's all Rotowire. And uh, you know, we've just been partners with them on those types of things. Um, you know, for many, many years. So what, yeah. what year really cool. did you, uh, did you begin to partner with ESPN? 2004 was our, our first year with them. And it's, it's, you know, stuff like that has worked great because mm-hmm. like I said, we have no pretension about being, you know, the ESPN of things and they're, you know, they're great at mainstream sports and, mm-hmm. you know, they do their thing there. But like I said, when you can hire someone, you know, whether, whether you own a house or yeah. whatever, if I can hire someone to, you know, do the electric or do the whatever, I'm going to do it because it's it works for me and, yeah. you know, they know what they're doing in that regard, yeah. And with ESPN hiring you guys, it wasn't just you, it was your entire rotowire. So now they have everyone working for them, essentially, with, with you guys. Yeah, they just basically used the, the, you know, it was a certain portion of the content, but it was it was what they needed. But to really answer your question, no, they didn't. Most places were just starting to get there. Even, you know, you take Yahoo or, you know, big companies like that. And the other real game changer um, for not just us, but the whole industry, and about a year after that, 2005, SiriusXM, Mm-hmm. said we're going to start fantasy sports is big wow we're going to wow. people might want to hear about that they yeah. like to listen and and you know call in and ask questions about their team so we we were the first um company to have a dedicated show on there and we we actually had to pitch it to them like no no, no don't just have these little fantasy companies as guests do a real show and it'll it took a, we had to push for that and make our case and now it's to this day there's probably 15 you know fantasy football and baseball shows on Sirius XM. So. That's so cool. 
So when you partnered with, with ESPN, was it kind of like they gave you kind of the guidelines of what you of what they wanted or were they like, go for it, you guys do your thing? No, it was mostly player notes, uh, player knows, news and notes. And uh, they, there's just a, a constant feed of player reporting that we do. If there's a baseball slate, if there's an NBA slate, there's a whole host of games. And out of that, it, there will come who had great performances. In the fantasy world, do you want to know who's a – under the radar player who just had a big game. Okay, why did that happen? What are you going to report on that? Let's get the news out there. Injuries are obviously huge. So it's a lot of nitty gritty, and they needed a partner that could, you know, put all that together, um, you know, for them. So, yeah. And it's still what we do to this day for our own customers and, you know, everybody else. It's a, it's a core piece of the business yeah so do you guys like are you guys like on set at all like feeding like do you guys feed them info formation or is it just strictly at home stuff good question most things in in the internet world are xml feeds and all companies deal with everybody else everybody's got partners and fantasies but most tend to work you know you create an xml feed um you know for somebody even if i was a stats provider which we're not you would build your stats and send those xml feed um you know to a major you know company so a lot of major media companies again they have the television they have all that but you might you might see a lot of their you know you'll see it on their your scrolls or whatever stats provided by whoever um so there's a there's a lot to put it you know to put it all into you know their whole fantasy world which is huge a lot of these media sites like I said, you, a major part of their whole sports section um, would just be dedicated to fantasy or DFS. Okay, so you guys are more of like the the news updates. You're not like the ones who are like LeBron James has scored. This is his fifth game wearing a purple headband and right, like, right. We would, those guys. we would provide we would provide the you know the news and in some cases analysis you know through through those sites, which again our own customers um, you know get all that too. But it's it's just again it it, it shows up in different forms if i play on an espn league and we all probably have in one of our football leagues or something like that it shows up and oh if i dig way down okay my guy got hurt i gotta go find out more but eventually you'll get to rotowire and we're doing the nitty-gritty whereas on our own website for our own customers um like i was saying earlier we do it all we'll just we'll just run column after column of what you should be doing here's your cheat cheat just for week seven you want you got a question go ahead type it in and you know we'll answer it for you so it gets very when you have your own site you can do whatever we want to do we can even try new things and you know do it that way too i did see going going back to like your um when you when you guys first started you guys offered this for free and then you went to to pay format like what kind of what, what kind of happened <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was a bold move at the time because in two thought we did that in 2001 and we did it out of necessity it wasn't some great vision it was like this is going to either keep the lights on or it's not and back then everybody thought the answer was traffic it was all we're going to make money having an internet site we're going to build traffic 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 and we're going to do whatever it takes to do that and we're going to and it just did not work for a whole host of companies it was part of the dot-com bust in the early 2000s so i wouldn't say we were the first but we were certainly the first fantasy sports company to say we have to charge for this um we're putting too much into it and there's too many resources involved for it 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 has a value to people and we truly did not know we thought we could we had to make a switch we basically had to say today is free tomorrow you're gonna you're gonna have the same content we're gonna try to do more we're gonna stand by you guys but it has to be 
um, a pay model. And we had very low expectations for that, but it was it was basically we had to hit a home run and not uh, a single at the time. And to this day, we'll remember those. There was a week period, a one-week period, where we had to follow, and if a certain number of customers didn't follow us, you know, down that path, we were we were dead to rights and uh, far exceeded our expectations. And you know, we're thankful to this day that happened. We're very loyal um, to our customer base because they were loyal to us. But that was a magic moment where if they we had a little a little bell in the office and it sounded off whenever there was a paying customer. Uh-huh. <laughs> And we turned it on, and we were we were like cavemen around the fire. Oh, right. <laughs> Getting excited. It was pa- yeah. There was a lot of sweat. <laughs> was it like a ding did. bell, or was it like the hockey it was siren? <laughs> <laughs> it was a ding because I can still remember, and it was like I forgot Whoa. to turn the volume. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> That's, so That's but we were so slow. We had so few customers back then. I remember we were we would play. We had so little to do. We had so few customers to please other than just keeping the website up, which was a lot easier back then, that we would sit there in the office and we'd play foosball. At morning work, we'd get done. We'd have foosball tournaments in the afternoon, and we'd play, and that was all we had to do until we'd go home, and, and our tech guy, Herb, put the ding on, and that was we're, we're not going to be playing foosball at all anymore because we're going to be kicked out of this office in a couple of weeks, but that ding kept going, and I still remember to this day that's pretty frequent. Like that thing's going off pretty good. And go. we, we just, it was a very exciting month of action. And we knew, we kind of knew then between, um, you know, between that and a couple of years later, um, you know, getting some media deals that we were, we were actually going to be in this for the long haul. So it was exciting times. Yeah. I was going to ask, did you, when you guys switched models, what did you guys see a dip in your numbers? Like or how big of a dip or it was just like people stuck with oh, it? Oh, a big dip. Cause we got called, you know, anything you wanted to by the, those who didn't want to pay in 2001 do you know how rare it was to pay for something on the internet you know what i mean you just, yeah it just wasn't the model back then so we got called some very choice words <laughs> and we had a lot of people say you know so long or whatever that probably circled back a few years later because the industry definitely you know changed over time and people are very used to you know whether you have an apple phone and you want to pay for a draft kit or anything these days you pay for yeah. your commissioner services these days you pay ESPN to run, mm-hmm. you pay CBS, you pay whoever to run, you know, your league you used to net. That was all free a long time ago, but yeah, we were one of the first to take that, that leap of faith. Yeah. That, that leap of faith also was, if you guys were going to go down, you were going to go down swinging, you know, you were going to give it all, you know, one final push. <laughs> like if, if this is, it's going to make or break us. And you know, like from what you were saying, it, it definitely took a dip, but at the same time, it kind of got, it projected you guys to, you know, be something big with all, you know, what was to come after that. No, it was a great way to put it because it was, it was a, when you have a customer base that pays, it, it stays with you. You know what I mean? They're going to pay you every year. It's recurring business. It's not getting some, you know, traffic ad that's just going to go away mm-hmm. and be a one-time thing. But the best way to put it is we didn't have a lot to bet on. We were running out of money. Right. Uh, right. We were about, some of us were looking for other jobs and what we were going to do, but we all loved what we did and we had almost nothing to bet on. But the one thing we could bet on, was our customers. We just knew they were, they were like us. It was basically, you know, thousands of people like us. And we knew if we, it was a very honest plea. It was a a pitch we made and we said, we have to do this. We hope you support us. We, we would understand if you don't, but this is what we have to do. And, um, you know, they, they did, but that, that was the bet. We bet on our customers and it it worked. Do you remember what the, the fee was when you first started to 
Yep, it was it was fifty nine dollars and ninety nine cents for the year. Okay. So it was a very big. Uh, that was a big deal yeah, for I, us. If you multiplied it by yeah. enough, it was enough to keep the rent paid and to do all that. And, and believe, so that was 20 years ago, and there are still customers, and we, sh- you know, at some point, uh, you know, get them a T-shirt or a sweatshirt <laughs> because they're, they've been in so long. Not only that, it, it would take 20 years of loyalty to do that, but not only that, who keeps their credit card for 20 years? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it actually has to churn over without. So, you know, kudos to them for, That's really cool. for pulling that off. Yeah. 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 Wow. You guys should do a, like a 20 year special or something. Yeah. Those, we have. We, we, we try to be thankful and, and respectful. But yeah, there's a, there's a core group that's still in there. And at some point, it's going to be like, how many people have gone to every single Super Bowl? It's probably like 12 <laughs> at this point. At some point, there will be, you know, a dozen RotoWire original subscribers left. So we'll, wow. we'll uh, invite them for a fantasy draft or something so. oh yeah <laughs> neat think it in some pizza and wings or something right so uh, as we enter this uh last segment of uh of the episode um we're gonna talk about the science of fantasy football but uh we're gonna we're gonna cut to ryan here because he <laughs> if you haven't you've probably been w- wondering why does he keep going off off camera and uh wiping his nose it's <laughs> there's been a really big fire here down in orange county and yes. so there's ash and soot just blowing all over the place so uh so i have uh, extremely bad, got allergies. bad allergies right now so he doesn't have a, a cold or anything and He's, Don't get nervous. He, he's just been staring over here, gl- glossy-eyed, because because uh, of his allergies. Uh, Tim's just so been saying some yeah, pretty I, emotional things. I thought things. it was <laughs> yeah. Tim's interview for it's, sure. It's, it's disappointing. <laughs> I, I do feel bad that because we've all been through uh, that nasty smoke-filled <laughs> allergy season. But um, yeah. I thought I thought my story had really hit home. And, and either you're tearing up because of that, or because your football, fantasy football, or basketball team had gone so haywire, it was really starting to it's, starting to get to you. It's it's from all different angles. It's coming in from all different. A angles. lot of emotions and in natural things that are happening yes. but we're, we are going to transition into the next segment and uh, we're going to talk about the science of fantasy football since we have the fantasy football guru here, the expert uh, the expert we're gonna uh, try to answer some questions so Alrighty. so tim what position would you recommend picking up first in fantasy football so we a little while ago we kind of ruled out quarterback just because there's there's reasons behind it. Again, a, a lot of times when you think of fantasy, you have to say what translates to the league I'm in or the the folks I'm playing against. Um, so we've kind of ruled out quarterback, even though it's probably the most exciting mm-hmm. position right now. But I'm still you'd get a long debate about this for a whole another podcast whether you'd go running back or wide receiver. So you're certainly not going to take a fringe like a kicker or a defense or even you just wouldn't start your team with a Kelsey or a Kittle at tight end. So you're really saying running back or wide receiver, which way do you go? And my thinking, even to this day, even though the industry's kind of changed where it's gone, a lot of people will take receivers very early, like a Michael Thomas went very early. I'm still old school enough and know that you, you have a hard time winning a season without that, that stud running back, um, again, it would have been Saquon earlier this year, Christian McCaffrey, Kamar. It's very hard to win a league. It used to be Gurley, you know, before he got a little older, but it's very hard to win a league without that guy leading your team as a running back. There's so few of them. There's probably 12 guys in the league who not only are they that great and that special, but they're also, it's not a shared situation where, oh, we have three running backs running the ball. There's really 12 or 13 players in the NFL who are the, called the bell cow back. And you, mm-hmm. you pretty much have to have one of those on your team. So I'm still leaning that as the the position you want to start your team with. Yeah. 
Gotta gotta get those running backs in. Yeah. What is the secret to preparing for a fantasy draft, if there is one, in your opinion? Well, the secret is uh, not listening all the time to guys like me and listening to the <laughs> the true experts at RotoWire. But I would I would say the the one of the best tips I have because there's so many knowns these days about what you know, what you can read, what you can digest, is 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 really the. The common error in a fantasy draft is people just don't concentrate enough. They'll show up for a draft and it's a big party to them or they're online at home and they're just doing five other things. So a major bit of advice is, look, these next two hours are going to, like we've talked about, they're going to affect the next 17 weeks of your life. And you're going to either have a good week or a miserable week based on what you do during these next two, two hours. So free up yourself, get a room in your house. Don't do anything else. Shut off your, you know, your phone. Just have your internet, your computer on, or your laptop, or whatever you're drafting with, and do it that way. Trust me, you will be, you'll have such a better team if you just filter out all the noise and don't try to, you know, do it. Same thing if you go to an in-person draft, which fell off a little bit this year because of, you know, the environment we're in. But if you go to those, um, be ready. You know, like I said, you you can celebrate and talk trash with your buddies a lot of other times, but be ready when it's your turn. Be uh, have a plan. Um, you know, don't just spitball it and say, oh, well, I didn't get, uh, I didn't get the second pick. I didn't get Kamara. Well, we'll see what happens. Have a plan. If you're, you should know you're picking 10th and all right, I'm going to kind of build my team, you know, X, Y, or Z. That's, that's a huge way to play in a fantasy league. Just being ready from day. Your draft is probably 60 to 70% of the battle right there. So do it like you're taking a test, to be honest. I feel like you were talking directly to me just because that's exactly what happened for me this year and past drafts. I uh, I don't remember. I was watching a TV show while I was doing my draft, and then I was like, oh, it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to pick Zeke Elliott because he's good, but 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 missing out on all of the other you got to be players. focused and detailed, T. See, my, my problem isn't like the two hours of drafting. It's like six weeks into the season and I forget to like look at my roster and to like, you know, who's playing, who has a bye week. Cause then I'll, you know, have a guy who's on my starting lineup. Who's it's a bye week. And like, I just lost out on all those points with <laughs> yep. somebody on the bench. And then I get frustrated and I'm like, okay, forget it. I lost. I'm not going to, why know. did I score exactly, 70, exactly. 70 points this week? <laughs> so that's where I, that's my frustration, but that's the, that's the second, you know, major piece of advice is if, if you're in a league, you know, just, just know what time it may only take, 15 minutes a week. Do whatever you want right. to on Sunday while the games are happening. You can watch nothing and figure out later on that night what happened. But know on Tuesday, you better figure out who's hurt, who the key running backs are that just came out of nowhere who are now going to be the number one running back exactly. on their team. And uh, when you get to whatever day of the week your your league does it, um, who you're going to do, and never, never have that. Just know on when I wake up on Sunday – before I brush my teeth, I got to set that line up, and then and then I can adjust it. Then I can tweak exactly. it, but at least have a default system, you know, at all times. Yeah. What are some helpful drafting strategies? Uh, for football, I would say those two things. You know, keep keep focused, keep concentrated. But there's there's little tips you can do. Um, you know, one being like we discussed, have a, have a plan with a quarterback. Say, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be the guy who takes Lamar. I know he's going to be gone first. I know Mahomes is going to be gone. So, okay, I'm going to build my team around the second tier quarterbacks. Or I know, you know, very good. Chris Liss is one of them. Very good players who say, I'm going to take the last possible 
you know, if there, if I'm in a 14 team league, I'm going to take the 14th best quarterback to that's going to be my guy. And I'm going to go running back receiver, running back receiver all the way to that. I know guys who they know they're on the turn. They know in a 14 team league, they're sitting 14th and they have a plan in place. I'm going to go receiver, receiver, build my team like that. So that have a, have a, some kind of idea of how you want to do, because most of us know, you know, where we're going to pick. We know who's in our league. We know what our friends like to do. If I'm in a league with a bunch of Packers fans, am I going to overpay on Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers? Not in that league. No, it's you're just wasting your, you know, your time, and you're probably not going to win. Um, the other one too is kind of how it's just sort of a little personal tip, but a lot of people always make these. They make these rules: take a kicker last, do that. Well. I take a kicker second last because I'm going to get a top five kicker. Hmm. It probably matters at some point. If I get Justin Tucker because I took him in the third last round, year after year, that guy is a great kicker. Okay, yeah. it's a kicker. It's never going to get me the points, Mahomes or whatever, but I'd rather have that kicker and take some random wide receiver that is my personal sleep. No one's going to pick him anyway, and I'll pick that that person in the last round. So I just kind of – do little things like that. I make a receiver always my last pick. I always make sure to pick a, a kicker in a defense one round ahead. So at least, you know, at least I do it that way. Yeah. Get a little bit of a decent, those, those extra points are going to make a big difference. It could make a big difference if you're in the top tier, the one, two or three team in the league. Like you said, if you have a top tier kicker at the end of the week, those two or three points could equal out to you you taken that week there are people would argue against it there are, are only a few but again each year you kind of know okay whatever this team's going to have a, the ravens are going to have a good defense every year i'm going to i'm going to take them just a little bit earlier so i always i always you're never going to have this great team like 20 years ago where no one knew who was who except for the quarterbacks and a few running backs everybody knows a little bit of something so i always say I'm only going to have one or two good running backs, one or two wide receivers. I want at least a really good player at at every all the other fringe positions, and then then you have at least a team you're at least you want to you know what I mean. Enjoy the team you put yeah. together. So a more well balanced team for you, more so than a stacked you know running back, just running backs or just receivers. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm in I'm in a lot of leagues where you don't actually draft you. Um, they're they're you know called salary cap leagues where yeah. you only have a certain mm-hmm. amount of money to play in, and I always. I always build the very, if I had, you know, $200 to spend, I I have a lot of $20 guys as opposed to I'm not going to try to hit that home run and, you know, have Saquon and then he gets hurt because look what happens on your whole team. Then you only had used $110 on all the other players you needed and they're not very good. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you find yourself in the same boat as me (laughs) falling in love with players from the team you're a fan of? And and drafting them maybe a little too maybe a little too early rose versus, colored yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I do you're always optimistic about everyone that says how are the Bills going to do this year I'm, oh they're a, they're a ten and six team no doubt about it and there's been many of you know four and twelve years <laughs> after that was uttered but you're always optimistic and I'll say that that's kind of a bad move to get wait oh I got I got all Packers or I got all Vikings on this team that's kind of a bad move but on the good side. We're not playing for millions of dollars. You're playing against your friends. Right. We're going to enjoy this for the next 17 weeks. So at least don't go overboard. But I always make sure for you, the Broncos, for me, the Bill, I always make sure I have at least one or two because you want to root for the team. If you're going to invest 17 Sundays and Mondays into this, you want to have guys you root for. I like to I like to have guys I enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to sit there for three hours on and watch Monday Night Football, I want to at least 
root for the likable guys. I want to I want to be smart about oh this guy's a great player. He works hard. I built my team around those guys, and we all we all know. You know more about the Broncos than I know. I know more about the Bills than you know. So you think you get a little bit of edge there too. So it is good to, it's good to balance it. Is the long, long yeah, for sure. I definitely was in the overboard. We <laughs> 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 have, uh, I have Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Drew Hawk, the Broncos defense, <laughs> and Philip Lindsay. So, so they're by, they're by week. You're struggling. Yeah, <laughs> you want to play T on, on the bye I was week. on yeah. the waiver wire. <laughs> you better start oh, picking up players. That whole bye week. That's funny. Oh, man. What should go into deciding which players to start or sit? That's a good question because there's many theories about how to do that my my there's many ways to play it you can just say i'm going to take the best matchups and and play it out like that and and you know do it make it a strictly you know based what i think is an upside game but i i always say my again my personal advice and a lot of the um you know editorial side of rotowire would, would speak the same way is don't don't overthink it. it. When you're sitting there, like this guy is the third receiver on the Chargers, but look at that matchup. But he's the third receiver on the Chargers, and I have, um, you know, I I have a healthy Michael Thomas, and he plays a really tough matchup. He's got to play the Ravens this week. I got I got to overthink that. Don't do it. You always want to go to bat with your best players. Things don't always play out. That the Jets are terrible, and they can have good games. You do not want to overthink and end up starting. Guys who you're reached out, you know, you've reached on just because you're trying to outsmart yeah. everybody. You have to, you have to kind of stick to your your gut about these players. And and there's the best way to have a great fantasy season is to just have this is my core. Unless a guy's hurt, I'm going in every yeah. week with this lineup. And unless there's just some obscene, you know, matchup thing to lead to your, you know, how do you view matchups? I use it as a tiebreaker, and that's it. It's a tiebreaker for me. If I have Jerry Judy and you know someone on the Bills who are very even that's when I start looking at the matchup. And uh, mm-hmm. other than that, always take the best player. Even if it doesn't work, at least you can feel good about you didn't, you didn't, you know, make yourself look stupid by overthinking it. Yeah. Are, are you, um, do you, when it comes to like starting or sitting or playing different guys, are you more into getting guys off the waiver wire or trading like when your team's like starting to? I like the waiver wire just because uh, trades take a lot of time that I don't have. And I always, because you have five different teams. <laughs> <laughs> too many different leagues. teams, too many different personal <laughs> obligations. Yep. And it just takes time. And I, you end up making enemies like that because <laughs> you feel you let them down if yeah. you don't complete the trade. <laughs> and uh, I've also been in enough leagues where if you win the league, you want it to be because you were smart. You don't want it to be because you took advantage of somebody else. Uh-huh. And they say, oh, you traded for... Todd Gurley and you <laughs> you won Deshaun the league Watson, yeah. because you took advantage of a Deshaun Watson and he later got injured. You want to Wow, you're bringing that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to like the guy who works the waiver wire and does a really good job um with that. They are they get held in highest regard. How did you even know, you know, this running back was a was a good call before it even happened? If you could, if you can become kind of that guy who who gets ahead of things and work the, a good a person who works the waiver wire really well probably doesn't need to make a lot of trades. Um, and you would tend to see uh, a lot of my partners are in industry leagues. You'll see leagues where trading isn't even allowed just wow. because it's it can be considered 
um, you know, you can collaborate too right, much with true, person. Yeah, yeah. When, when there's money at hand. Text you, them on the side. Like, <laughs> hey, you'll give me him and I'll give you, yeah. And even exactly. not in shady fashion, you just don't want to, you don't want to have a lot of money change hands just because right. someone did some trade and put one yeah. over on, on somebody else. Yeah. Do you yeah. prefer fantasy seasons or daily fantasy? For me, seasons, I mean, I grew up playing those. I probably played them at a, you know, very young age, but even you know, with the younger folks and my, I just, I just feel it brings out more camaraderie. Um, I'm, I'm still all about, you know, doing the draft with your family, doing uh-huh. the draft with your buddies who you, you know, went to high school with the, watching that play out over 17. We have, we have prizes for, if you come in last place, you owe, you owe double the amount of money or you, <laughs> owe, you owe double the bill at the restaurant. And all that is, is makes it fun. Even if I have a terrible team, you're always, you know, playing for something dailies, it's over in a day and, you know, you might've got lucky on something or whatever, but yeah, more of a season, season long type of guy. So what is your opinion on leagues having trade vetoes? On trade vetoes? Uh, I would say in the leagues, maybe this is advice, maybe it's bad advice, but (laughs) in the goal for your league, if you start a league with a bunch of your friends and you're, you're in it for the long haul, the the goal of your league is to have a league where you don't need to have vetoes. You want to be in a league where I know if, if, you know, Ryan trades with T and there's a trade that goes down that they both, it may go terrible for those guys, but you know, it's fair on the level. It was thought out. It's like, Oh, this guy needed this, this guy, anyone could look at side A and side B and actually have a hard time picking which is fair. So the goal of your league is not to have the guys who take advantage of the the dead fish owners and is like, you know what, that guy doesn't even care. I'm going to go trade with them and poach him. It just gets looked up. You, you almost rather would not win a league and be looked at that way than winning a league where you earned it. So I'm kind of in favor of it in new leagues where you need to weed that out. But right. your goal should be at some point to to not have to veto you know, you don't want owners in your leagues that where you're vetoing trades or because they're either too dumb because they're not following and they're just <laughs> mailing it in. You know what I mean? Every every week on their lineups or on the other side, you don't want the guys in your leagues who are all they're doing is just poaching other owners and it's like that's right. is that really fair? Is that why we're doing this? Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. I'm with you on that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which has changed the fantasy football game more? The mobile quarterback or the dual threat running back? mobile quarterback or the dual threat running back who can catch and you know run like the wind or whatever both definitely have um obviously pass catching running backs in the last you know decade have become a huge thing and it's almost like you can't be a top fantasy back unless you at least catch you know some passes but i i would still say this is like a I mean, I guess it started with Vic a little bit and then with Newton earlier in the mm-hmm. decade with Cam but uh I would say that Kaepernick, that, that's changed everything. Yeah. To have, again, we're saying we're not going to pick this player, you know, number one, but that changes every. When you have a Lamar Jackson who can throw for 120 yards and still score 35 points, um, they're always in the game. I'm one play. They can get a quarterback can get 12 points instead of four points now. So I would say that's the biggest game changer. And almost now, if you have a Roethlisberger – or got, they're pushed so far down just because they don't run, and it's how many points do they got to make up in the passing game? Whereas a Herbert, even who's a rookie, or um, again, um, you know, Newton did it with the Panth- with the Panthers, but you have Lamar, Mahomes can run a little bit, 
Um, you know, you have guys like that who can just Kyler Murray. Guy, Josh Kyler Allen. Murray is crazy. Yeah. Russell Wilson can run for Josh seventy yards. Josh Allen. These these are guys with set. They can get seven extra points in maybe what one every two, three, four games. Are probably going to put one in the end zone because uh-huh. they're so big and strong. Yeah. Add those twelve points to a normal passing line. That's a that's a game changer right there. And so. that's what made you go against your rule of not picking a quarterback <laughs> early, right? You picked up Lamar too early. Well, you can be sneaky about it if yeah. you find a Russell Wilson. Again, I say most of the leagues towards the top this year have a Russell Wilson. They punted on the top three guys, but you find that running guy, people called it early. Maybe someone like myself, but Herbert can run. Josh Allen can run. Um, you know, there's, there's guys that can, you don't think Kyler Murray, people thought knew he was a, you know, a great quarterback, but once you realize just how fast yeah. he is and you translate that to fantasy and you're, you're saying, Whoa, every time this guy gets flushed out of the pocket, runs for 10 yards, can rip off, 50, 60 yards a game on running and maybe put one in. Like a Roethlisberger or someone like that, they're going to score once or twice a year, but these other guys are scoring seven, eight times. That's a big difference once you add it all up. So back to your question, if you can find the guy, Lamar last year was not drafted or was, you know, a last three rounds pick. Imagine if you put that through your head and say, you know what, I didn't get Mahomes. I didn't get Aaron Rodgers. Um, Brady used to be way at the top. I didn't get those guys, but – this guy can run, and if he just throws a little bit, that's a huge advantage point to your to your league right there. Running backs, great position, get a ton of points, but a lot of a lot of knowns play out there. You know Kamara is gonna have a great year or get hurt. And it's but again, if you can kind of nitpick the quarterback spot, get a Russell. Oh, Russell's gonna have a big year. Look at all these receivers he's got. Wow. Add on sixty yards of rushing and some touchdowns. It's a it's a big number every week. Yeah. So uh, as we as we kind of wrap up the show, um, we like to give our guests um, a chance to plug what they got going on, what they're what they're involved with, and so uh, tell the people who are watching or or listening at home uh, where they can find you and and a little bit more about where, how they can get involved with the RotoWire. Yep, we like I said, we have a, a you know subscription website. Um, you know, we think it's well worth it. So if you go to RotoWire.com. Um, we'll even let you try it. Like I said, it, it may not be for everybody, but anyone who's at least fairly serious about doing well in not just their football league, but like I said, basketball, hockey, you know, baseball, pretty much any sport, you can go to our website, rotowire.com, uh, write support at rotowire.com. Just ask for a trial, uh, no credit card, no anything. We stand by what we do. We'll let you try it out. We'll gladly, um, you know, we think you'll be a firm believer. So we're happy to let you try it out. Yeah. That's awesome. Tim, we appreciate you coming on the show, sharing some of your wisdom, your knowledge with us. Hopefully uh, we won't be making those same mistakes in the future. And uh, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Man. I had fun. Thanks for, thanks for having me. That was a blast. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Water Break. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of Water Break. New episodes get released every Monday and Wednesday. So be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now to be notified when a new episode is available. For more exclusive content, check us out on Instagram at WaterBreakPod or you can watch us on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Stay hydrated.